Red and purple states gain congressional seats as blue states lose population. The anti-police movement continues to gain steam. And we discuss the worst example of woke mob targeting I've ever seen in my life. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. It's time to stand up to big tech. Protect your data at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben, well, before we go any further, let me remind you, you are spending hundreds of dollars too much on your cell phone bill every single year, like way too much, because you could have the same exact coverage as one of the giant cell phone companies and not spend a fortune on those companies. Instead, why don't you switch over to Pure Talk USA, just like thousands of my customers. That's right. Instead of charging you obscene fees to pay for their massive mainstream media campaigns, corporate campuses, retail outlets across the country, Pure Talk will pass the savings on to you. The average family saves over $800 a year. It's a lot of money. Switching is super easy. I mean, really, it is It is really, really, really simple. You keep your phone, you can keep your number, or you can get giant discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. We, for example, got an iPhone 12 at a heavily discounted price. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And here's the thing. If you go over on the data, they are not going to charge you for it. So you really have nothing to lose. So instead of taking that one-size-fits-all plan from a giant cell coverage provider, charging you hundreds of dollars too much every year. Instead, check out Pure Talk USA by dialing pound 250 and saying, my name, Ben Shapiro. You'll save 50% off your first month and hundreds for the rest of the year. That's pound 250, say Ben Shapiro to get started again. Dial pound 250 and say, my name, Ben Shapiro to get started with Pure Talk USA. Well, before I get to the news, quick announcement about our job openings here at The Daily Wire. We've got some exciting news for freedom-fighting creative masterminds out there looking to join The Daily Wire at our headquarters in Nashville, Tennessee. You beautiful Nashville. If you're a graphic designer with at least five years of previous professional graphic design experience, The Daily Wire's mission, you know it, you're an idea-generating machine, you could be the next senior graphic designer at The Daily Wire. That's a pretty big deal, guys. You have a heavy hand in our creative strategy here, so if you're up for the challenge, Visit dailywire.com slash careers. Send us your resume. Now is your chance to work for Daily Wire. That's dailywire.com slash careers. I might just see you around in Nashville. Okay, so the big news of the day is that we now have census numbers. And what the census numbers show is that Americans are now moving. They are voting with their feet. They're moving from states like New York, like California, and they are going to places that are more purple or red. Why? Well, because it is better to live in places that are purple or red. As a recent expatriate from California to Florida, let me tell you, Florida's better. It is way better. And I'm not the only one because Florida just picked up a congressional seat thanks to the Census Bureau. Texas picked up a couple of congressional seats thanks to the Census Bureau. By the way, that was actually sort of an underestimate. Most people thought that Florida was going to pick up at least two, not just one. But the states that gained are almost entirely purple or red, and the states that lost are almost entirely blue. The, the sole exception, I believe, there is probably Ohio, which lost a congressional seat, and that is because the Rust Belt has been moving a lot into the Sun Belt. According to the Washington Post, political power in the United States will continue to shift south this decade as historically Democratic states that border the Great Lakes give up congressional seats and electoral votes to regions where Republicans currently enjoy a political advantage, according to new data from the U.S. Census Bureau. Texas, Florida, North Carolina. You wonder why your corporate media in New York and L.A., why they despise Texas and Florida, why they are constantly ripping on Texas and Florida? It's because all of the people who earn money in these states and have the ability to move and don't have their heads so far up their own rectums, it's coming out their head again, are moving away from New York and Connecticut and New Jersey and California, and they are moving instead to states where they can actually live comfortable, nice, free lives. Texas, Florida, and North Carolina, three states that voted twice for President Trump, are set to gain a combined four additional seats in Congress in 2023 because of population growth, granting them collectively as many new votes in the Electoral College for the next presidential election as Hawaii has in total. So this does shift some of the Electoral College math. Not only that, it shifts the nature of the House. 
Most political prognosticators believe the Republicans, because of that reapportionment, basically just gained three seats in the House. Well, Democrats are only up by five or six seats in the House right now. So that means the Republicans are already, just thanks to the Census Bureau, on the verge of retaking the House of Representatives. Now, that changes based on redistricting in a lot of these states. We know that in New York, for example, there are a bunch of Republican seats in New York. New York is going to redistrict, and they're attempting to, to get rid of a lot of those Republican seats. But the same thing is presumably true in Republican states down south, which, again, are gaining population. Four northern states with Democratic governors that President Biden won in 2020, Illinois, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and New York, will each lose a single congressional seat. Ohio will lose one seat in Congress. That's the only actual red state that lost a seat, so far as I'm aware. The data released Monday was better for the Democrats than expected. Earlier Census Bureau estimates had suggested congressional gains in Florida and Texas would be even bigger. The margins in certain states that determined the final congressional counts were razor thin. New York lost a seat because of a shortfall of only 89 people. So thank you to hero of the republic, Governor Andrew Cuomo, the greatest of all governors. It turns out that killing your own population, as well as raising taxes, making life basically unlivable in your state, led to the loss of a congressional seat in your state. The release marked the start to a constitutionally mandated effort to redraw congressional districts across the country in advance of the 2022 election, a tangled litigious process likely to benefit Republican officeholders more than Democratic ones next year. Frankly, if Republicans don't regain the House in 2022, given Joe Biden's performance, given the fact that they are the out-of-power party in an off-year election, and given the fact that Republican states are gaining seats in, in, the, in the Census Bureau reapportionment, if they somehow fail to regain the House in 2022, that is an act of extraordinary incompetence. And this is not a secret. I've told as many Republican legislators as I can find, and that's many of them since I recently spoke at, the, at a, Republic, a House Republican caucus meeting, I told them, if you guys don't retake the House in 2022, frankly, y'all should lose your jobs because this is a target-rich environment politically for you. Joe Biden is running up massive debt, massive deficits. He's proposed $10 trillion in spending this year so far. Okay, so you guys, you have, you have a lot of room to run here. All of this is a stark threat to Democratic control of the House, which will rest on a seven-vote margin with four outstanding vacancies once newly elected Representative Troy Carter, Democrat of Louisiana, takes office in the coming weeks. The results show that the country grew over the past decade by the second slowest rate in history owing to an aging population, decreased fertility, and slowing immigration. A slightly lower rate of growth was recorded between 1930 and 1940. So the, the downturn, thanks to COVID, COVID itself, which killed off a lot of people, the fact that people aren't having babies, particularly in urban centers, what this is leading to is a, is a slowing of growth in the United States, which actually is a serious problem for a country that continues to take on debts that there will be no one alive to pay. Right now, the redistricting landscape is of heavy advantage to Republicans. There are many, many states where Republicans control the state legislature, and redistricting is going to happen in those states. That includes places like Ohio, West Virginia, North Carolina, Florida, and Texas. We're still not going to know the partisan effect of the shifts because states have to sift through the population data. It's going to be fun to hear from the media how Republican redistricting is super racist and terrible, but Democratic redistricting is wonderful and enjoyable. Republican control of the redistricting process in states like Texas, Florida, North Carolina, according to the Washington Post, is likely to increase the number of congressional contests where Republicans have a chance of winning. Republicans will control line drawing for 187 congressional seats over the coming year. Democrats control 75 seats. The remaining seats that need to be drawn will be decided by independent commissions or divided governments, according to the Cook Political Report. Mike Thom, battleground director for the National Republican Congressional Committee, said redistricting favors Republicans. It's not going to win back the majority on its own, but certainly it benefits Republicans at this point. All of which demonstrates, once again, that when you govern your states like garbage, people leave. Okay, this is the theme. The states that actually picked up 
In total, Oregon won, Montana won, Colorado won, Texas two, Florida won, North Carolina won. The states that lost seats, New York, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, West Virginia, Illinois, and California. So that population shift is continuing. The Midwest and the Northeast are just losing population. The South and the West are picking up population, except for California, which is losing population because it's governed like absolute garbage. So well done, blue state governors. You've done an excellent job of driving people from your states, even though the media talk about how wonderful you are. It turns out that the people who live under you don't feel the same way, which is why so many people have been leaving and taking their votes and taking their congressional seats and taking their cash and moving to states that are not seeking to destroy their liberty. Again, there's a great hilarity to the fact that New York lost a house seat because it came up 89 people short on the census. My favorite part of that, by the way, is that members of the New York delegation were saying, well, you know, if we just kept recounting, we'd certainly find 89 more people. Weird, because um, I was informed that if you did that with regard to votes, that was, uh, that was stealing the election. But if you do it with regard to Census Bureau, then I guess that that's good. You just keep recounting until you get exactly what you want. Never forget, guys, it's all about cynical power grabs. Meanwhile, over in California... The, the governor of California is now officially going to be recalled, Gavin Newsom, the garbage governor of California. We'll get to that in just one second. First, if you're in a business, you know you need to constantly make your business better. The way we make our business better here at Daily Wire is that we make sure that our employees are the best. And that means adding the best employees at ZipRecruiter.com. I would say a bunch of the employees who work in this office were received through ZipRecruiter.com. And all of our employees know that they could be replaced at a moment's notice with ZipRecruiter.com, which means that everybody works super hard here at The Daily Wire. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter had a quality candidate within the very first day. It's no wonder over 2.3 million businesses have come to ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. So, while other companies overwhelm you with way too many options, ZipRecruiter will find you what you are looking for, that needle in the haystack, the diamond in the rough. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. Once again, remember to go to this unique place, ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Okay, so California is about to put Gavin Newsom on the ballot for recall. Now, it's still unlikely that he actually gets recalled because it's a two-step process. First, a majority of Californians who are voting have to vote for his recall. Then he doesn't appear on the recall ballot. Right? Then somebody else replaces him. Maybe Governor Caitlyn Jenner, the first female governor of the state of California, who ironically enough would be a man. But in any case, an effort to recall California Governor Gavin Newsom, according to the Huffington Post, officially qualified for the state's ballot on Monday, thrusting him into a fight for his job midway through his first term in office to make it onto the ballot. The Republican-led recall petition needed signatures from just shy of 1.5 million people, equal to 12% of the number of voters in the last election for the office. Supporters had until March 17th to meet that threshold. Election authorities just finished tallying. In the end, recall supporters submitted 1.626 million valid signatures. So again, two questions will be asked. One, do you want to recall the governor? And if so, who do you want to replace the governor? Some officials estimate it'll cost 400 million bucks for this recall to happen. Newsom has wanted to run for president for quite a while, but his handling of the COVID-19 pandemic has been egregious. They shut down all the outdoor spaces. They shut down all the outdoor restaurants. And then he was eating indoors at the French Laundry. He's allowed homelessness to spiral completely out of control in his state. He's allowed crime to spiral out of control in his state. And now the people of California are having second thoughts about the Ken doll, who is Gavin Newsom. So again, we've been told by the media that he's a wonderful governor, just like Andrew Cuomo is a wonderful governor. It's only one problem. None of these people are good at their jobs. 
And the way you can tell that none of these people are good at their jobs is that people are leaving places like New York and California. Again, there's a reporting bias, a self-reporting bias when it comes to polling. If you ask people in California if they're happy with California, many of them will say, sure. And then a lot of those people will be like, also, if I can get a job in Nevada, I am gone. And the same thing in New York. A lot of people will be like, yeah, New York's the greatest state. It's the greatest state out here. And they're like, oh, wait, the tax rate is way lower in Florida and the weather's pretty nice most of the year. I'm gone. I will catch you later. People act differently than they say they do when it comes to the polling data. So take the Census Bureau numbers pretty seriously. And by the way, this trend is only going to accelerate. The amount of movement into places like Florida is astonishing right now. So as folks in Florida are fond of saying, don't New York, they're Florida. Don't California, Texas. If you don't like what you had in New York or California, leave that crap behind and move to a free state that actually gives a damn about your liberty. And also, by the way, that is interested in protecting its own citizenry. So all of this is being exacerbated by a federal government, by a Democratic Party that is eager to exacerbate problems that exist, particularly in the blue states. Red states are resisting a lot of the mandates that are being crammed down by the by the Democratic government right now. But blue states are just going to go right along with it. And it's going to make these places a lot worse places to live. I'm going to take a couple lifestyle issues here that really do matter because one is is actual legal changes that are being pushed by the Democratic government. And one is a sort of attitudinal change that has taken over in blue states. And it's why people are leaving. It's why people are fleeing. It's why people feel uncomfortable. So begin with the legal. Right now, there is a hard push by the left, by the Democratic Party, to basically destroy policing across the United States. The way that they do this is by cramming down consent decrees on police departments without any serious evidence that those police departments have actually ha- have acted in racist ways. Instead, what they do is they look at stats and like, oh, well, it looks like you're pulling over as many black people. So I guess that we're going to have to cram down a consent decree on you. And these police departments, because they do not have the resources to actually resist the federal government, the DOJ has an enormous budget. These police departments compared to the DOJ when it comes to their legal budget, not close. If the federal DOJ comes after you and threatens you with civil rights violations, then you are simply going to have to sign a consent decree. We saw this happen in Seattle during the Obama administration and 20 other cities during the Obama administration. Eric Holder's DOJ was used as a club wielded against major metropolitan police departments. The predictable result is that the police were not able to do their jobs and crime started to rise in many of America's biggest cities. Well, the same thing is already happening. The murder rate is up some 30% in 34 of America's largest cities over the course of the last year. The solution to that would be to, you know, allow the police to do their job and actually add police officers. Instead, the Democrats and the media are firmly on the side of destroying police all over the country. And they are using individual cases as a lever in order to destroy those police departments. So, for example, the Justice Department has now announced that it wants to investigate the Louisville police practices in Kentucky after Breonna Taylor's fatal shooting. Now, I talked about the Breonna Taylor shooting. What the facts in the Breonna Taylor shooting tend to show is that there was a legal warrant that was taken out for the apartment where Breonna Taylor was staying. It was served not with a no-knock warrant. Believe it or not, it was served with a knocking warrant that was changed on the day of. The police officers, by their own testimony, knocked on the door repeatedly. They then entered the apartment when nobody answered the door. And Breonna Taylor's boyfriend proceeded to shoot one of the cops in the leg. Actually hit him in the femoral artery, apparently. The cop went down. There was a bunch of gunfire. And Breonna Taylor was killed in the crossfire. Tragedy. Terrible. She was not the target of the investigation. She was not the target of the warrant. But there is no criminal activity Certainly any no racist criminal activity by the cops here. They were fired upon. They returned fire. She got caught in the crossfire. The person who actually should be blamed for Breonna Taylor's death 
is the boyfriend who is the subject of the drug warrants and who also happened to be firing a gun at the police officers. Okay, but the Breonna Taylor case, which has ended with, as far as I'm aware, no indictments at this point, a federal investigation which has ended with no actual indictments in that case. They're using the Breonna Taylor case as a lever in order to investigate the entire Louisville Police Department. And they do this over and over and over, the Democratic DOJ. Democratic DOJ is, in fact, a weapon on behalf of Democratic policymaking. For all the talk about how Attorney General William Barr was a, was a partisan hack who was working for Trump, Barr's partisanship did not extend to becoming Trump's lackey in a wide variety of areas. Eric Holder literally called himself Barack Obama's wingman. And now Merrick Garland, who was almost on the Supreme Court, for goodness sake, Merrick Garland is basically now just using the power of the DOJ to crack down on police departments without any evidence that the inciting incident was actually an incident of racism or even deep police misconduct. Attorney General Garland announced Monday the Justice Department will open a civil investigation of the Louisville Metro Police Department 13 months after the shooting death of Breonna Taylor, a black woman whose killing was among the flashpoints that sparked mass social justice protests across the nation last summer. Garland said the federal pattern or practice probe will seek to determine whether the Louisville police have engaged in systemic abuses and unlawful tactics with little accountability, marking the second time in five days he has sought to use federal power to examine a local law enforcement agency's use of deadly force. So in the aftermath of the George Floyd killing, he announced that there would be a DOJ investigation of the Minneapolis Police Department. Sounds like a great idea, considering that Minneapolis crime has spiked. Minneapolis Police Department officers are, are quitting. And you will see this happen over and over. Anytime there's a controversial event, the DOJ will immediately step in and use its power in order to cram down a bunch of consent decree nonsense on police departments that make it more difficult for cops to do their jobs and lead to cops quitting the force. Here is Merrick Garland announcing he's going after the Louisville Police Department on the basis of a case which really did not violate criminal statute. The Justice Department is opening a, opening a civil investigation into the Louisville Jefferson County Metro government and the Louisville Metro Police Department to determine whether LMPD engages in a pattern or practice of violations of the Constitution or federal law. The investigation will assess whether LMPD engages in a pattern or practice of using unreasonable force. Okay, now here's the question. Normally, when the DOJ launches an investigation, you don't hear anything about it. Right, when there's the DOJ investigation to Hunter Biden, you didn't hear anything about it for several years. The DOJ launching an investigation is not newsworthy. The DOJ bringing indictments is newsworthy. So what is the purpose of launching an investigation? The purpose of openly announcing that you're launching an investigation into a police department is to generate the political, the political capital to go after the cops. That's what it's about. You think that, what do you think are the chances that Merrick Garland launches an investigation into the Louisville, Kentucky PD and then turns around and goes, you know what? We investigated, everything's fine. How do you think that's going to go? Of course, this is driven toward pressuring the Louisville PD into signing some sort of false confession about how racist and terrible they are and changing their practices and procedures in line with what Joe Biden and Merrick Garland would like. Or even worse, the people who work for Merrick Garland, who are going to include several serious racial radicals by, by their own records. Justice Department officials say that the Louisville investigation will be separate from an ongoing criminal civil rights probe into Taylor's death. The broader civil investigation, Garland said, will seek to determine whether the city's police force engages in unreasonable force on constitutional searches and seizures and unlawful executions of search warrants on private homes. It will also examine how Louisville police tactics affect racial groups. Ah, there we go. So bottom line is that what they're going to do is they're going to look at equal outcome. They're not going to look at underlying criminal activity. They're going to say, well, the population of Louisville is X. The percentage of arrests is Y. Therefore, the police department is racist. 
By the way, they've been doing this for years in major metro police departments, and it leads to really bad outcomes. I've talked to cops, for example, who who were in the Washington, D.C. police force. And what they were told is that they were deliberately informed that they could not write too many tickets to black motorists. That if they gave too many tickets to black motorists, this would be perceived as systemic racism. And so instead, the cops would simply look for white motorists to give tickets to so they could artificially boost the stats there. This is what you end up with when the only thing that matters is not underlying individual criminal activity. The only thing that actually matters is the racial constitution, the racial constituency, rather, of particular cities and the racial constituency of the people who are arrested. Well, the problem here is that, obviously, police officers just are not going to do this. Police officers are not going to involve themselves here. The Democrats are making life worse in major cities by targeting the cops. It is indeed that simple. Karen Bass, Democrat of California, she says, we have to find a way to hold officers accountable so they will stop shooting people. It's just incredible, this this lie that the officers are willy-nilly shooting people. There are about 1,000 police shootings a year. The vast majority are people who are not black. About 250 people who are black are shot by the cops every year. Less than 20 are shot unarmed by the cops. Even in many of those cases, the shootings are not unjustified. It'll be, for example, where somebody is trying to ram a cop with a car. That person is technically unarmed. Okay, so the notion that the cops are running around, there, there, are some, there are hundreds of, literally hundreds of millions of police interactions with civilians every single year. But Karen Bass believes that the police are going around shooting people willy-nilly, which is, of course, why you require Justice Department cram-downs on police departments all over the country. We have to find a way to hold officers accountable so they will stop shooting people. You know, for example, we need to spend a lot more time, resources, and emphasis on de-escalation training. Many officers I've talked to have said when they go through training, they spend very little time, a few hours on de-escalation, but an awful lot of time on, of course, how to protect yourself. But when you shoot, that you shoot to kill. You don't shoot to wound. Okay, I I don't know. She's repeated this in so many interviews that you're supposed to shoot to wound. I don't know. Like the tremendous ignorance it takes to even say that is truly astonishing. And we all know the pressure campaigns that are being brought to bear against the cops in cities all over the United States. As I've said before, we are now living in a situation in which we have the, the complete bigotry of no expectations. That anytime there's a controversial shooting, we have to please the mob standing outside as opposed to going through the legal process. So the latest example of this comes courtesy of Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Mayor Betty Parker of Elizabeth City, North Carolina, according to Charlotte Pence Bond, writing for The Daily Wire, declared a state of emergency on Monday. Before body camera footage is released of a shooting involving a deputy and a 42-year-old black man that happened last week and sparked protests in the city over the weekend. So we are now preemptively declaring states of emergency in metropolitan areas before body cam footage is released because of the expectation there will be riots if people don't like what they see on the body cam footage. Okay, if you're expecting that a population is going to engage in mass criminal activity because the police officers did something controversial and body cam footage is released, before the legal process is taking place. This is called the bigotry of no expectations. In the declaration, the mayor, Parker, she said, in order to ensure the safety of our citizens and their property, city officials realize there may potentially be a period of civil unrest within the city following the public release of that body camera footage. Parker directed all departments and agencies of Elizabeth City to take whatever steps necessary to protect life and property, public infrastructure, and provide such emergency assistance deemed necessary to preserve public safety. On Wednesday, Andrew Brown Jr., a 42-year-old black man, was reportedly killed following an encounter with law enforcement authorities. As reported by the AP, Pasquotank County Sheriff Tommy Wooten II has said deputies shot and killed Brown while serving drug-related search and arrest warrants, but released few other details. 
An eyewitness said deputies fired shots at Brown as he tried to drive away, and a car authorities removed from the scene appears to have multiple bullet holes and its back windshield shattered. So we don't actually know what happened here yet. The body cam footage presumably will be released, and then we'll all know whether the police engaged in an act of brutality. We still won't know, even if they did, whether that has anything to do with race or racial differentiation. Again, the DOJ's case against these police departments is based on a presumption of racism that has yet to be proved. Just like in the Chauvin case, he was convicted not just of the charges of which he was convicted, but a broader charge of racism, which was never even alleged. The Minneapolis Police Department has been accused of racism, again, without evidence. America more broadly has been accused of racism without evidence. Okay, so here's the thing. The predictable effect of all this is making life worse. Democrats nationwide are making life worse based on their desire to trash the cops. They're making a a higher crime America. They are creating a, a belief that it is perfectly okay to riot and loot more generally, that this is just a form of acceptable social outreach when something goes wrong in American public life. There are other people who live in these cities and there will be a backlash. If they're living in North Carolina, the backlash will be electing presumably a Republican governor of North Carolina. And if they're living in a blue state, and they feel no hope whatsoever that the situation is rectified, people will just leave. They'll take their stuff and they will go to Florida. And that is what we have been seeing. So that is the sort of official push that's been coming from blue state America that's leading to to people leaving these states. And then there's the soft social push. And again, this this is being pushed at the federal level. It's being pushed in the media. There's a feeling that the culture in which you stew, the culture in which you live, the milieu that surrounds you in blue states is becoming increasingly difficult to live with. That there is a group of people out there who celebrate Each time somebody who thinks like you, each time somebody who does not move along with the woke mob is destroyed, those people surround you. I can tell you, those sorts of feelings do drive people to take action. One of the reasons we left California was not just because of the exorbitant tax rates and the problems with homelessness and crime that were plaguing the area that we were living in. One of the reasons that my family left California was the feeling that we were surrounded by people who would be happy to watch us burn politically. The feeling that, that there would be a move, that everything cultural would end in politics. And so the, the move against synagogues and churches would grow stronger. And then within five to 10 years, there would be a move by the state government of California to crack down on my ability to raise my children as I see fit or send them to a synagogue that believes what I believe or send them to a school that believes what I believe. Right? All of the cancel culture stuff, all of the, the cultural attempts to destroy the lives and careers of, of people who you disagree with, all of that does have an impact. It makes people ideologically sort It makes people want to move to communities where they don't feel like they're under assault all the time. And yet the left is pushing that assault. And it doesn't have to come from government. It can come within the culture. To take a perfect example, LeVar Burton, right? Just a cultural figure, the reading rainbow guy, right? A a unifying public figure, right? He's the guy who used to read us books when I was a kid on PBS. Well, now he's appearing on The View and explaining that cancel culture is actually good because it's accountability culture. Okay, so here's my question. Would you want to live next to people who think like LeVar Burton? Really, let's say you're a Republican or a conservative or even a moderate. Maybe you're even just a moderate liberal who doesn't believe all of the things the woke left are saying. And you're afraid of living next to people who think like LeVar Burton. You're fine with living next to anybody, but you're not willing to live next to somebody who is happy to watch your life ruined if you say the wrong thing. But here's LeVar Burton talking up exactly that sort of idea. In terms of cancel culture, I, 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 I think it's misnamed. That's a misnomer. I think we have a consequence culture um, and that consequences are finally encompassing everybody in the society, whereas um, they haven't been uh, 
ever in this country. So um, I, th- I think that there, there are good signs that are happening in the culture right now. And I think it has everything to do with a new awareness on people who were simply unaware of the real nature of life in this country for people who have been othered since this nation began. Okay, so he's saying this with great sincerity. You know, this is, there are consequences to, to hurting people. Well, what if you don't hurt anybody? What if it turns out that the aggressive nature of the, of the woke mob makes life rather unlivable in many areas? And then it's projected out into the media landscape and repeated by people who should know better in the media and agreed with by all the people in the major cities in these blue states. It makes people want to move. It makes people want to leave. We are creating a worse culture and people want to escape that culture and find a place where they don't feel like they are under assault from this sort of stuff day in and day out. I'm going to give you the best example I've ever seen of this in just one second. It truly is the best example of the woke mob coming after somebody just in the most vicious possible way that I've ever seen. And again, this sort of stuff does have consequences for how people live and the decisions that they make. Get to more of this in just one second. First, if you've got a medical issue, there's no reason to wait around on it. You should solve a medical issue because those things tend to get worse over time and not better. Well, if you've got something that is nagging and annoying, something like erectile dysfunction, why not just go get it solved? I know you don't want to talk to a doctor about it. It feels embarrassing, but here's the thing. You can do it quickly and discreetly and inexpensively by heading on over to Roman. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com Ben and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and get it taken care of. Head on over to GetRoman.com slash Ben right now. You'll get 15 bucks off your first month. It's really time to take care of your ED. Remember, get started today. You'll save 15 bucks on your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Ben. You got a medical problem? No reason to wait on it. Instead, go get it taken care of. Go get it fixed right now. GetRoman.com slash Ben. You get 15 bucks off your very first month of ED treatment. Okay, in just one second, we're going to talk about the best example of the, the woke mob coming for somebody in a despicable way that I think I maybe have ever seen. First, join us tomorrow for a special episode of Backstage. We'll be watching Joe Biden's first congressional speech live, his fake State of the Union. Apparently, it's invite only. We'll be giving our analysis in real time, which just sounds awful. It sounds terrible. I'm so pissed I have to do this, but let my suffering be your joy. Head on over to dailywire.com. As Nancy Pelosi says, Joe Biden is expecting to share his vision for addressing the challenges of this historic moment. So you know you can't miss it. And by the way, there's always a certain level of suspense. As I've said before, watching Joe Biden speak for more than five minutes is sort of like watching Nick Walenda walk over a volcano. So you never know what you could be watching. It streams tomorrow, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 Central on dailywire.com and on our YouTube channel, Daily Wire. Again, if I'm going to be there, you should be there too. I demand it. Also, another high-energy episode of Candace is coming at you this Friday, this week. Candace hosts political commentator and interviewer Dave Rubin, where they will have a lot to discuss, including the recall election of California Governor Gavin Newsom and his brand new opponent, Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing that's happening because we live in an alternative reality. Subscribe now. Stream Candace live on Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, only on Daily Wire. Get 25% off a new membership with code Candace at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Make sure you grab the audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever your platform of choice may be. Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to Candace today. Be sure to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Now, when we moved our company from California to Tennessee, I can tell you, it's like everybody sort of took a deep breath, a sigh of relief, 
Same thing when I moved my family from California to Florida. And one of the reasons is because we had self-selected into an area where more people were not going to be savagely looking for our destruction. Well, online, that's what people do. And this has become a national issue. And so people are looking for places where they don't feel like they're going to be destroyed every day. So this is the best example of, of something like this I've ever seen. It really is amazing. So Tariq Nasheed, who is just a terrible person, the, the sort of pseudo-journalist. I've been in a number of Twitter fights with him because he's just not a good human being. So he tweeted out a video. It now has 3 million views. And here's how he described it. A white Holiday Inn Express worker has a nervous breakdown after he got scolded by a black customer because of a mistake in the reservation system. So if you just read that, what you would imagine is here is a white employee who's having a nervous breakdown because he's a racist, right? We got, we got, a, we got a torment. We got to torment this guy because probably he's a racist. Okay, now this video is super hard to watch. I'll describe it for, for people who are listening because it really is very difficult to watch. This is a person, pretty obviously, the person behind the counter who has pre-existing mental issues, right? This is perfectly obvious. Just from watching the video, you can tell this is true, right? And, and it turns out that now there is a, it, it turns out that now there is, a, the, the guy has, has apparently come out on Reddit and explained who he is. He said that he has borderline personality disorder and schizo and, and some, some schizoid tendencies, apparently according to his Reddit. He says he has schizoaffective disorders as well. Okay, so there are a lot of people who are speculating that he might have some sort of um, some borderline autism or something like that. In any case, whatever the mental condition, it's very obvious this guy has a mental condition. And according to this guy, apparently the person who is filming him not only was harassing him, but called him the F word for gay people. And it turns out the guy's gay. So just a wonderful example of an anti-racist warrior really making life better for everybody by targeting this employee. Now, let me just ask you, if you've ever dealt with a person at a hotel who hasn't been wildly, wildly competent, right? A person who's trying to deal with a problem, having trouble dealing with the problem. If you're the person who harasses that person and puts it on tape, you're the jackass. It's that simple. And if you, if you, are, the, if you are the person who is at the airport harassing the stewardesses, you're the bad person. If you are the person who is at the hotel harassing the guy behind the desk because the computer's screwing up, you're the bad person. But in our new reality, Tariq Nasheed makes you a hero if you are black and the person behind the counter is white. Because that person must be a racist for starting to get uptight if you treat them badly. This is one of the saddest videos I've ever seen. It went completely viral. And if Tariq Nasheed had his way, this guy's life would be destroyed right now. Here is the video. Why did you get mad and hit the computer? Because I have I'm sure you're on camera, right? Yeah, I am. I'm sure you're on camera. Okay, the guy is actually punching his own face, and now he's ramming his head into the computer screen. So this is the type of people that have working here. And he's breaking down. He says, I've got to go. He says, you're ruining my whole life. Wow. And then he goes in the other room, and you can hear him crying and yelling. Okay, who's the bad guy here? Is it the guy behind the counter? Or is it the person who's filming this? Or is it Tariq Nasheed who posted this online? It's not the guy behind the counter. Everybody has bad days. Hey, forget about whether you're mentally ill or not mentally ill. Every single human being you know has bad days. You can either be the person who's forgiving about people having bad days, or you can be the person who's a jackass. You can be the person who seeks to destroy somebody's life. You can be the person who trolls Twitter for people who have made inappropriate comments or a joke you didn't like, and then you can try and wreck them. You can find the person who was having a crappy day and made a bad comment at a supermarket, and you can tape them. You can put them on tape. You can wreck their life. See, social trust relies on us being able to be at least somewhat forgiving with one another and understand that human beings are sinful and that human beings are vulnerable and that human beings say bad things to one another all the time. And if you're a good person, you let a lot of that stuff go because you have sympathy for other human beings. 
I, I was at a, an event in the not too distant past, and I was talking to this one guy, and he was obviously very drunk. Uh, and, he, and he came up, and he made what I thought was kind of an anti-Jewish reference. And he was very, very drunk. And at that point, I thought to myself, okay, well, I can turn this into a confrontation, or I could take out my camera. And I, I, here's the truth. I didn't even go through this calculation. I just figured the guy's drunk. He's having a bad day. And you know what? He was drunk, and he was probably having a bad day. I didn't ruin his life. It wouldn't have been appropriate for me to ruin his life. But we live in a culture that prizes you. You are a hero if you ruin somebody's life. We, are, we live in a culture where if you are a student in high school and you post a video of yourself celebrating getting your provisional driver's license and you quote a rap lyric using the N-word, a member of your class will take that video and then they will hold it over your head for several years and then destroy your dreams by sending it to the university where you have just been admitted and getting you thrown off the cheerleading team and then getting you thrown out of the university. And then you'll get a feature piece in the New York Times about how brave and wonderful you were. So how do you think people react to that sort of thing? How do you think people react? They leave. They say, I don't want to live in an area where people act like this. I don't want to be around people who act like this. Not with regard to race or ethnicity or any other immutable characteristic. I don't want to live around people who are this unforgiving and this nasty. People who are not going to treat me like a fully rounded, nuanced human being who's never allowed to have a bad day. Now, one of the things that uh, I was recently watching this Michael Jordan documentary, and there's this fascinating part of the documentary is the last dance on Netflix. Uh, and uh, there's a, a fascinating part of the documentary where Michael Jordan is in his hotel room and the cameraman's in there with him. They say, you know, Michael, you basically own the city. Why are you just sitting around the hotel room? He says, you don't understand. Every time I leave this hotel room, there are cameras on me and I have to be on. Now, as somebody who's fairly well-known, I have a little bit of the same thing, right? When I'm outdoors, when I'm at parties, I have to be on, right? I have to know that somebody is probably filming me at all times. It's very tiring. Okay, but I chose my career. I chose what I do for a living. The problem is this is now applied to every single human. Every single human feels like they always have to be on. That is exhausting. It's very tiring. It is because it means that you have to be watching what you say all the time. You're afraid you're going to make a joke. You're afraid you're going to make a reference. Somebody's going to grab it. Somebody's going to post it. And then your life is ruined and your family's life is ruined. Your kid's life is ruined. Or alternatively, you could live in a community that has a baseline level of trust. And that baseline level of trust is a little bit of forgiveness, a little bit of flexibility in what people say and what people do. And understanding that somebody can be having a bad day and it doesn't make them a bad person. That somebody can say something inappropriate and it could be accidental or it could be something slipping or it could be a, uh, just a, a bad tendency that the person has, but they happen to be out of control that day. And that the best response to that is not to publicly shame that person and ruin their life, but maybe to go to them privately and say, you know, that was really hurtful and you shouldn't have said that. The, the lack of forgiveness in our society is leading people to find more forgiving communities. Now, I have some faith that there will be a re-uptick in religious affiliation, specifically because religious affiliation does do this. It creates a feeling of unity inside communities where you are, in the, the Hebrew phrase, likely to engage in dan lechafskus, right? Which means to see people for their merits as opposed to see people for their demerits. But we're a society that now has this, this LeVar Burton-esque accountability culture. Well, I have, a, I have a question. Who are you to hold anybody else accountable? Have you never said anything that you regret? Have you never tweeted anything that you regret? Have you never had a bad day? Who do you want to be in that video? This is the question for you and for all of America. Who do you want to be in that video? Do you want to, would you rather be the guy behind the counter or would you rather be the guy who's in front of the counter filming him and mocking him? Or would you rather be the person who doesn't have to deal with any of that because they live in a community where people treat each other decently? The left, which says that everybody has to be treated nicely. Everybody's identity has to be, has to be protected and sheltered and their self-identification has to be prized and cheered by society. That same left will destroy you if they cross you. 
They will destroy you if you disagree with them. And so people are sorting. A great sort is happening. An ideological sorting is happening in this country. It's being exacerbated by national media. And it's going to happen in every area of American life. It's going to happen in corporate America, too. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, let's say you were a duke of an intergalactic house, and one day your emperor decided to give you an additional desert planet to rule. Well, you'd probably think, that sounds like an amazing gift. Wrong you are. Because that same emperor decided to blindside you and murder you in your sleep. Pretty sure Duke Leto really wished he had some life insurance the moment that hunter-seeker pierced his body. No one likes to talk about life insurance, but it's incredibly important and you need to include it in your financial planning this year. Start shopping now with Policy Genius. Find the right policy to protect your family today. Give yourself the peace of mind that comes with knowing that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover all their expenses while getting back on their feet. Policy Genius's technology makes comparing life insurance quotes from America's top insurers easy. Just a few clicks. You already have a life insurance policy through work, but that might not be enough. And if you move jobs, then it doesn't follow you. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies starting at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. When they make it this easy, there really is not an excuse not to do it. Save time, money, provide your family with financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click that link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. So for example, Simon & Schuster has now had this massive problem with hundreds of employees demanding that there be no book deals for any author tied to the Trump administration. According to the Daily Beast, a petition submitted Monday asking Simon & Schuster to stop publishing books with former Trump administration officials gathered 216 signatures from the company's employees, as well as several thousand from outside supporters. The petition asks that Simon & Schuster not treat the Trump administration as a quote-unquote normal chapter in American history. It also demands an upcoming memoir by former VP Pence be canceled, saying it's legitimizing bigotry to even allow people to read by Pence's words. And they want the company to cut off its relationship with the conservative publishing house Post Hill Press. Postal Press, by the way, is simply a publishing house where basically they select authors, the authors almost self-publish, and then Postal Press uses Simon & Schuster just for distribution. And major publishers offer their distribution services to small publishing houses. So the predictable result of that, good for, good for them at Simon & Schuster, they're saying we're not going to do this. Right? Jonathan Karp put, down a st- put out a statement. He said, we come to work each day to publish, not cancel. Good for him. We'll see how long he lasts in that position. But if this sort of stuff continues, you know what's going to happen. People like us over at Daily Wire will uncancel books. We'll unburn books. We'll take authors who have been barred by the major publishers and we'll pick them up here at Daily Wire and we'll publish them. And the ideological sort will continue. We will see companies finally make a decision which side they want to be on. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. Maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe the accelerationist tendencies that we now all have, let's just let this thing hit rock bottom. Maybe that will actually bring about some level of awareness in the American public that they're going to have to choose sides here. One good indicator is there is a company called Basecamp. Basecamp, according to Wesley Yang of Tablet, terrific writer. He says the Basecamp was reputed to be the most aggressively woke company in Silicon Valley. They have now announced that there will be no more political conversations and no more committees. They said back to basics, back to individual responsibility, back to work. They put out a statement saying, no more societal and political discussions on our company Basecamp account. Today's social and political waters are especially choppy. Sensitivities are at 11. Every discussion remotely related to politics, advocacy, or society at large quickly spins away from pleasant. You shouldn't have to wonder if staying out of it means you're complicit or wading into it means you're a target. These are difficult enough waters to navigate in life, but significantly more so at work. It's become too much. It's a major distraction. It saps our energy. It redirects our dialogue toward dark places. It's not healthy, and it hasn't served us well. We're done with it. 
on our company Basecamp accounts where the work happens. They also say that they are going to get rid of committees. They say no more big working groups making big decisions or putting forward formalized groupthink recommendations, no bureaucracy, or turning things back over to the person or people who are distinctly hired to make these decisions. Say back to basics, back to individual responsibility, back to work. The big sort is happening and it's happening in real time and it is not going to be good for the Democrats. It is really, really bad for the Democrats. Okay, and, and you can see it happening in Hollywood as well. Right here at Daily Wire, we're starting to engage in the business of making film and TV content that you really enjoy that does not pay attention to the woke standards. Well, the American people are ready for it. One of the reasons the American people are ready for it is because Hollywood has decided that it hates you. The Oscar ratings were down to fewer than 10 million people tuning in. According to the New York Times, Sunday night's pandemic restricted telecast through 58%, fewer viewers than last year's record low. People are leaving New York, California, and the Oscars. According to Brooks Barnes and John Copeland, for the film industry, which was already fighting to hold its place at the center of American culture, the Nielsen ratings for Sunday night's 93rd Academy Awards came as a body blow. Only about 9.85 million people watched the telecast, a 58% plunge from last year's record low. Among adults 18 to 49, the Oscars suffered an even steeper 64% decline. Now, the Academy had been bracing for a ratings drop because of the pandemic, but the reality is that between 1998 and 2020, they lost some 30 million viewers on the Oscars. That was before the pandemic. When you decide that you hate a huge percentage of your neighbors, it turns out your neighbors don't want to hang out with you either. Hollywood has made perfectly clear it does not like you. It does not like people who think like you. It does not tolerate people who think like you. You are the problem. And so people are saying, you know what? I'm not willing to engage with you. And you can see Democrats desperately trying to backfill this. Democrats and the media are desperately trying now to undo what they have done. It's why, for example, you've seen in the last couple of weeks, Stacey Abrams radically backpedaling as fast as she could possibly move, backpedaling away from the boycotts of Georgia because she finally realized that when you castigate your fellow citizens as racists who love Jim Crow, they don't like it. And when you remove their livelihoods on that basis, they are likely to vote out your friend Raphael Warnock from the Senate. Georgia's about to turn red again, thanks to Stacey Abrams. She helped turn the state blue. Now she's about to turn the state red again. And so she knows that. So she's backing away from that. The media are trying to help her out. Apparently, USA Today appeared to have bizarrely allowed retroactive edits of an op-ed written by Stacey Abrams in an effort to water down her previous justifications for boycotts. In a piece published on March 31st, just days before Major League Baseball announced it was relocating its game due to the backlash over Georgia's election reform bill that was signed into law, Abrams seemed to defend the national response to what she called the racist, classist legislation. Originally, she wrote, the impassioned response to the racist, classist bill that is now the law of Georgia is to boycott in order to achieve change. Events hosted by Major League Baseball, world-class soccer, college sports, dozens of Hollywood films hang in the balance. At the same time, Activists urge Georgians to swear off of hometown products to express our outrage. Until we hear clear, unequivocal statements that show Georgia-based companies get what's at stake, I can't argue with an individual's choice to opt out of their competition. Now, you'll notice that Twitter over the last couple of days tried to lie and say that Stacey Abrams opposed boycotts. What they said, actually, is that she opposed the boycotts after MLB announced the boycott. That's true, because she freaked out and she realized that they've gone too far and they're going too far. Okay, she continued to sort of defend these boycotts. Okay, well, now the article was updated on April 6th. Now, she says the impassioned and understandable response to the racist classist bill that is now the law of Georgia is to boycott in order to achieve change. Her revisions say, rather than accept responsibility for their craven actions, Republican leaders blame me and others who have championed voting rights and actually read the bill. Their faux outrage is designed to hide the fact they prioritize making it harder for people of color to vote, 
To add to the injury, the failed former president is now calling for cancellation of baseball as the national pastime. Boycotts invariably also cost jobs. Her revised op-ed adds, quote, instead of a boycott, I urge other events and productions to do business in Georgia. He said, now they're backfilling desperately. The backfilling ain't going to work. We all know what is going on here. You've created a culture that is unlivable for a huge swath of people. You're creating lifestyles that are unlivable for a huge swath of people. You're increasing crime. You're increasing homelessness. You're increasing taxes. You're increasing regulation. You're making life worse. And people are leaving your areas and leaving your party. You may not believe that now because you believe that you're always on the upswing. Democrats have to are invested in this, this bizarre sort of evidence-free optimism about their political prospects going into the future. They're about to get a lesson in reality come 2022. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content coming up soon. The Matt Walsh Show airs at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The state of Michigan has expanded its mask mandates to include children who are two, three, and four years old. Police departments across the country struggle to find new recruits. Lindsey Graham gets in trouble for saying that Obama's election proves systemic racism isn't real. And a man was doxxed and then fired from his job for allegedly, supposedly harassing a dude in a prom dress. All of that and so much more today on The Matt Walsh Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, let's say you were a stormtrooper and you were enjoying a nice meal of roasted Ewok in the Death Star mess hall. Well, all of a sudden you hear the voice of Alec Guinness saying, use the force, Luke. The next thing you know, the entire place is going up in flames around you. And it's at this moment you really wished you had life insurance. Make life insurance part of your financial planning this year. Start shopping right now with Policy Genius. Find the right policy and protect your family. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. Luckily, Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies and their team of licensed experts. Well, they're on hand to help talk you through it. No added fees. Your personal information remains private. It's super satisfying to check life insurance off that to-do list. A good life insurance plan can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, God forbid, your family will be able to cover mortgage payments, college costs, or other expenses. Life insurance through your workplace might not offer enough protection for your family's needs. It's not going to follow you if you leave your job. Head on over to policygenius.com right now. Save time and money. Give your family a financial safety net with Policy Genius. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click that link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Hold up. 